This is my own private domicile and I will not be harassed! Bitch! Gangsters, what's up guys? What's the grant to a motherfucker like me? Can you please remind me? Get the world by the tail! Fat broads and horse-faced lesbians. Cute as shit. Oh, 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 skip, skip, skip. If you don't chew big red, then f you. That's so horny. Could you imagine if I hit the old water pipe with that thing? Oh. Great cash, homie. Three, two, one, let's fuck! Everybody's got to hear the shit on W Balls, W Balls, W Balls. Good afternoon, good morning, good whatever time you are listening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Sam LaCrosse, and welcome to a very special episode, a new episode of the Don't Listen to This Podcast. I am your host, Sam LaCrosse. Can you dig it? I can. And we are here today with a close friend of mine, a friend of mine that I enjoy talking to highly. I think you guys will enjoy hearing him highly today. His name is Nick Renette. He is a friend of many years, since what, like fifth fifth grade, I think, for you, and sixth grade for me, because we're a year, a year apart. Something like that, dude. It's been a while. It's been a it's been a long time. Like we've known each other since at least middle school. At least yeah, I was yeah. I, I think it's earlier because I remember um, being in sixth and fifth grade football, and you were on the white team with me in fifth grade, and I was on sixth grade. I think that was the first time we met. No, you know what? I didn't. It was either fourth grade or fifth grade. Wasn't that early? That was the first year I played, and I stopped. Oh, okay. Well, uh, anyway, we. Oh, yeah, I think oh, you're right. You're right. So it was earlier than that. Okay. So I don't you know. It was either your fifth grader. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, it's been right. I would say we're, we know each other for a long time, regardless. So Nick has been a very, very close friend of mine. We played sports together all throughout high school. We, I know his family very well. He knows my family very well. We kind of just, you know, have been around each other for a long time. I highly respect him as a person, as a man, his opinion, and also. The interesting thing is that Nick has always had a lifetime passion in his life. He's kind of always wanted to go one particular route. And I remember uh, incessantly me and a couple of other people trying to maybe get you to at least consider other options. And that really wasn't a consideration for you all the time. Yeah. A lot of people, including my own mother. Right. I know. I know. And so um, what is interesting about Nick is that Nick is a police officer and a, you know, law enforcement advocate, I would say overall in our hometown back in Ohio. And so he has been basically on a bullet train to that one destination since I have, since I've really, I've known you, since I've known what you essentially want to do with your life. And so I'll kind of let you turn it over to you, Nick, and let you give a proper introduction to yourself. I know I kind of, I don't want to totally take it away from you. So go ahead and, uh, you know, tell us who you are, tell us what you do and uh, why you're here today. All right. Uh, like Sam said, I'm one of his friends from our hometown. We grew up in one school together, mainly probably what really brought us close to playing football in high school. Yeah. Um, Track in high school. Yes, yeah, that was probably it. Track more than football. Track, Track started it, and then football kind of probably solidified it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been slapping up there, by the way, at practices. Really? How are they looking? Um, not that much, though. Not that much? Year, okay, all right. Last year, I was up there a lot. This year, I, I just stopped in for like a day or yeah. uh, okay. a little bit. Anyway, um, I was a year below Sam in school. Uh, 
and I've always wanted to be a police officer since uh, probably fifth grade-ish. And uh, I did some things. I met some people early on. Very fortunate to know who I who I uh, who I know, and they kind of led me the way and helped me out to get to the job I am today. And I love it. It's very very special to me to work in my hometown that I grew up in and my family's in. Yeah, and th that's the reason I think why one of the first reasons why I want to talk to you. It's kind of what I wanted to start off with first. So. I actually, you know, ever since I've known you, you've wanted to be a cop. And like you mm -hmm. said, going back to like fourth and fifth grade, you said fifth grade for you, you started. And it wasn't like you were some kind of like, you know, jarhead that, you know, kind of runs around and says like, I want to be a cop, you know, blah, 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 whatever. You, the thing about me and, or the thing about you, I should say that was really interesting is that you didn't just say you wanted to be a cop. Like you walked the walk and talked the talk. Like you were on ride alongs like every other weekend. Like you did all the stuff with our local law enforcement officers, everything like that. So you've done all, you did all of like the little shit that really no one thinks about when they're kind of wanting to be a cop and doing everything else. They kind of just say, I want to be a doctor, but they're not in emergency rooms and they're 14 years old. Like, it's kind of like they're, they're not doing all. Yeah, the I was in no joke. I was in fifth, at least sixth grade, maybe fifth grade catching bites with the sleeve from our canine unit. Wow. Really? And, and looking back at that now, like, that is so stupid that he let me do that. I could have used I think, I think it is too. It's a little, yeah. It's a little like, bit. And it wasn't little, just ours. It was ours and the six or seven adjacent cities to us or next to us. Oh, wow. So it was like a and, whole county thing. Yeah. When the dogs train, they train in multiple uh, cities at a time. So I'm I'm just in the middle of the woods and they come and find me. And Oh, my gosh. That is insane. Let my arm out. They bite me. Oh, my God. Really? When you were fifth grade? I mean, no, I have a like a sleeve on. Oh yeah, I no, I was gonna say like you have the protective. I don't know what that is, so it's a sleeve, but you have the, the shield on your arm. So when they come, pretty in, much. Oh, that's awesome. That's I had no like idea. Like a very very thick coat. I would say. I mean, those just white like hell. Yeah, that's but, that's awesome. Yeah, I so, did that a lot. Um, that was you know like fifth sixth grade up to I don't know sophomore year until I started working. Yeah. Uh, and that was like every other weekend or mm -hmm. every other week. Yeah. Uh, and then once I was old enough, I think it was either when I turned six, no, it was, you had to be in high school. I could do ride along. So I rode with my neighbor like every other week from like 3 p.m. to 3 a.m. Wow. Holy shit. That's, that's. And I learned, I met everyone at our local department. I learned how they do things. Luckily, the guy I was with was very, uh, very willing to teach me and show me things and eventually you know i don't really know if this was allowed but he let me start doing some things oh really okay like like just kind of expanding like his like general duty stuff or like what what do you mean by that like i did stuff like he would let me like go out of the car and hey can you go over here and look for this for me or tell me give me this number like if we're doing measurements on the crime scene or something oh wow cool that's um, awesome or help do this with this evidence or use this mm -hmm. laser to tell me how fast that car's going. Yeah. Um, yeah. Small stuff, but you know, when you're 16 years old, that's super cool. Right. Um, yeah, for sure. And, and um, I think that's kind of what, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you can go. Yeah. I was going to say like, just, you know, since it, like the desire was just so strong. I remember all the time because like you didn't budge from that like i remember like when we would either do stuff on the weekends or everything you're like no i gotta ride along no i gotta do this no i gotta do you know i gotta do this for the department i gotta do this whatever 
So like, and I actually don't know this about you, which is going to be really interesting for me to find out as your friend and a person who, you know, has been admiring this from afar. But, you know, what I see around your, this common desire with you and your current occupation, your desired occupation is really a theme around purpose and around service to a cause that you really, really admire and that you really, really want to do stuff. And so what really compelled the desire for you to be a cop? Was it like a specific experience or a mindset or, or like kind of what, what was that that really propelled that in you so strongly from such a young age? Um, so when I was a little kid, it was either like, you know, you know, the fun jobs or the cool jobs. You yeah. Know, you want. And I had to narrow it down to like firemen or policemen. You know, okay. This is like when I was like seven up until, you know, fourth, fifth grade. And I didn't really think about it much. And then the neighborhood I grew up in is a newer neighborhood. So like houses kept on, like I was on a new street, houses would be built up here. Houses would be built up across the street, down the street. And it just happened that like, as these houses were being built, every other house was a police officer. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Like on my street alone, I can think of one, two, three, three, four, three over there, like two down, two streets down. And like we would all hang out as families. Oh, wow. Our families yeah. were all close. So just talking to them over the years kind of persuaded me and pushed me to be choosing to become a police officer. Yeah. But, um, as you're talking about like service, like I, I would consider myself a patriot. Like I, I really mm-hmm. love our country. Yeah. And I would consider you that as well. I, uh, I felt like I just feel like it's my duty. Mm-hmm. Uh, like mil- like I would love to be in the military. I think it'll be really fun. I think I could learn a lot, especially if I know like I'm gonna end up being a police officer when I'm done. Um, it's just the two things about the military is I didn't want to leave my family for four years. Yeah, or, you know, a, a couple six months be home for a week. Not like I didn't want to do that. Yeah, right. And if I spend that much time in the military, I really wanted to get like deployed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah, want to be. Yeah. No offense, like I, I have respect for everyone in the military, but like, yeah, of course. I, I just if I was in California for four years, mm-hmm. I know I would still enjoy it, but like, I just want to be. I want to do something. Not, mm-hmm. not that those guys don't, but like, I want to be deployed and. Yeah. But the big thing was leaving for four years. If I, and I was thinking about it, and I've always said, like, if we had another huge major ter- domestic terrorist attack here, mm-hmm. I would probably still do it. Like a, like a 9-11 type thing you're talking about? Yeah, if we had yeah. that tomorrow, I would probably be going to the recruiter mm-hmm. tomorrow night or Friday or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and I think, so it sounds like from what I said, it was almost kind of like a tribe of, role models for you in a sense like you had a lot of people around you that were like very i don't even know if invested is the right word but they were just like kind of there and you were just like okay this person is living a good life they have a house they have a family they're nice to me they're nice to my family everything else and i know that you already have a very upstanding family i'm i you know very very much admire your parents and how your and your siblings and everything else and how your family ecosystem works but you it probably could like really helped you tremendously to have all that group of you know were they all men or were there women in there too were they all guys all my neighbors oh uh, there was one woman but i wasn't really uh super close to her she was further away but 
yeah so like like mostly the the majority of my influencers that were already in the profession were men yeah so mostly mostly men some women so that's i think is that how police forces are skewed i would imagine they're probably probably skewed towards men right are you talking about the amount of men versus women in the field yeah men versus women Uh, i could tell you in our department there's about 45 officers and only two of them are women Okay. Yeah. Right. So it's a pretty male dominated profession, at least locally for you. So, I mean, you had a lot of those guys around you. So was it, did they espouse that same, like we were talking about, you know, purpose and service, did they express, were they coming from the same place? Could you think, and that, did that kind of repel you to kind of take everything from there? Or was it kind of just, was it something different or were they kind of coming at it from where you are, where it's a sense of like patriotism and, you know, I want to give back to the Um, community and everything. I know it's a little bit of everything, you know, that you have a couple of people that, we're in the military and have that patriotism and you know i don't want to compare the two because i don't like comparing things to the military right yeah for sure but if there was anything as close to the military it would be police work yeah so all, all these guys that come out of the military and who enjoy it i think it's a good job for them because you know mm-hmm. they lived it for x amount of years and like I said, if you enjoy it, keep on doing it while you're still at home with your family and you're not moving around. Yeah. Um, so that's one way. Actually, in most departments, when you apply, if you have military experience, you get like extra credit, like you get bumped up a little bit. Oh, interesting. So you don't have to like do all the, like the qual- some of the qualifying stuff. You have to take a test. Every department's different, but the majority of them, you take a test, right? Yeah. Test. And um, once you get your results, you get like five, five or 10 extra points or okay much the department wants but like i said i can't speak for all departments but i've heard of many doing that yeah okay cool um so that's one reason um you know you have another reason like for example my uh, my girlfriend's family's all with cleveland mm -hmm. and it's just you know grandpa dad son you know you're oh wow okay and you're kind of persuaded that way it's family like a like a like a lineage thing almost yeah and then some people, you know, think might as well just try it, see mm-hmm. what happens. You know, they can't find a job anywhere else, and you know, or they just think it's cool. Yeah. Um, but along the lines of like service, I mean, if you you have to admit, I know it's a cheesy answer, but you know, running around chasing people, arresting people, license, we're going hundred miles down the road. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, yeah, I bet it is. I bet it is. It's uh yeah, it's it's scary too sometimes too, but um yeah, driving, sure. you, gotta, you gotta make sure you don't crash, but yeah, um, right. It, it's fun. Yeah, yeah, and I think the the thing that's that's interesting about that. So the thing I think people kind of misappropriate about a lot of goals and stuff that they set for themselves, whether it is wanting to be a police officer or wanting to be like a millionaire one day or wanting to do other things, they have this thing that they're chasing in the end. And when they obtain that thing, they're like, oh, fuck, like, you know, what do I do? Like, like it's, it's kind of over and it's kind of done or whatever. So, mm-hmm. and, you know, and most of them, honestly, like they find out about this stuff through, you know, gaining material wealth or doing something else. They find out about it through like, they watched like Wolf of Wall Street came out when we were in high school. And that's where a lot of people got the sense like I want to grow up and work in finance and be rich or whatever, like, for example. And so for you, who's had this kind of innate desire since fifth grade, so what, what is it, 10 years old about? Ish, yeah. Yeah, so like like 10 years old basically. And so you became a police officer um, when you were 
20 or 21, I'm assuming, right? You had to be 21 in the state of Ohio. You had to be 21. Okay, so you, had, you became right, right at 21, you became a cop? Yeah. Okay, so you've had this driving desire that's basically undergirded your entire life for about 11 years. And so I remember, you know, seeing, I was not there, but, you know, I saw pictures of your ceremony when you got inducted into the local force and everything, and your parents were, were there and they were really excited. And, you know, I was really excited for you when your brother was, and your sister was, and your parents were, all that other stuff. So like when you finally like got that thing, like, like it's the quote unquote, that thing that people are kind of going after, what, what was the feeling? Was it of accomplishment or was it kind of like, you know, oh, wow, this is kind of just something or was it special because you had kind of looked up to being that for a long time? Um, once I got, you know, it's, I went to the academy, you know, it's like five, six months long in Ohio, mainly classroom stuff. And, you know, it's a lot of, like most, whether it's school or other jobs, you know, like, when you're sitting in the classroom for eight hours and then you're actually out working, it's sometimes very different. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Especially yeah. where you work. Um, so I was, um, I'm, once I'm done with the academy and I got hired, it's like, essentially I got to start learning everything again. Mm -hmm. So I knew what it was like, but I've never known what it was like to actually do it myself. Yeah. Um, so I was excited. I was nervous because, you know, the department invests a lot of time and money into me. I want to make sure I prove myself. Um, a big thing, though, I was very, not scared, but I was very, one of my biggest fears in life was letting people down. Yeah. So I don't want to, people talking so much about how good I am at this and this and that, or he's been doing this forever. Now it's time. Mm -hmm. And what if, you know, I shut the bed, don't really like, screw up something big. Mm -hmm. I mean, that can still happen now. Right. Um, I lost you here. Can you see me? Yeah, I can. See, yeah, can you see me? No, it just totally went away. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, technical difficulties, folks. We are, uh, bear with us. Is your Oracle Zoom web conference at Oracle? Yes. <laughs> you can still see me? Yeah. I tap that mouse pad, brother. <laughs> Join the Zoom meeting then? Is that it? No, it's, it's still open, dude. You're still connected. So, I mean, I would say you can still keep talking and I would say, you know, we could just kind of keep this, you know, rolling. Should I play like the Jeopardy music in like the background? But I didn't even touch anything. I just went away. That's fair. I, I, I don't know. Well, I mean, you can still hear, hear me. I mean, I think we, as long as you're looking at the thing, we can kind of just figure it out later if you want to. So I, I don't want to cut yeah, you I'll off. still work on this, but um, what were we talking about? What's the meeting ID? You're still connected, dude. We're not even going to, we're not going to have a, a, you don't need to join, <laughs> rejoin again. Okay. Well, what's the uh, question here? Well, you were talking about not letting people down. Yeah. So especially the main people I was worried about were, mainly my parents, 
because they were so excited for me. I didn't want to prove them wrong. And, you know, I've been talking about it my entire life. Um, but also that the, the main guy that uh, persuaded me or like, let me write, do ride alongs with him. And this is one of your neighbors, right? Yeah. He, I'm very close with him. I still talk to him every day. And okay. Very thankful for all he's done for me. Yeah. So I was worried. And he also helped me get the job. Mm-hmm. So like at, a, at that same department. Yeah. Which so I didn't want to be like, Hey, thanks for doing all this for me. And you stick your, you stuck your neck out and now it's not working. Not working. Yeah. Yeah. And I think but I've, um, I've done fine. I, you know, I ended my training when I was supposed to, and some people get ex- extended, but um, I had to worry about that. Yeah. And I think, it, was it a bit, I know it was a big deal for you to work back in our hometown. And I know that was kind of like what, you know, it was a really, really kind of a big thing for you to be back, you know, where, I don't know if that's where, you know, your family was, where you grew up, everything. Was it just kind of like a loyalty to what brought you up that wanted you to compel you to stay back where we were from? Like, what was that? What was driving that? Or like, or like, what was it? Um, the big thing, what I would say is that I knew everyone there. Yeah. I knew all the guys. I knew the area. That was a big thing. So I also dispatched um, right out of high school. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. At, uh, at 18, I was a dispatcher answering the 911 calls all the time and telling the guys where to go. So I was already hired there as a part-time dispatcher. And that really, you know, I, not I'm not one of the guys yet, but like they all know me. They're comfortable with me. I'm comfortable with them. Mm-hmm. I know how the department works, you know, because just like every job, you know, you got to find out how they operate. Yeah. So yeah. I did that for them. I'm obviously not on the, on the road side, but as a department, you know, in the in the police station, mm-hmm. um, how they talk on the radio and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so I got all that handled. And honestly, a big thing was I didn't want to relearn a whole new city streets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know every uh, single street in our city, um, but I didn't want to go to another city and learn 600 new streets. Is Um, it really that many? I mean, depends on every city is different. Oh my God, that's so many. I mean, we, I don't even know. I don't even know, like I'm looking at the size of our hometown. I don't even remember how big it was, but that's a, that's a, that's a fuck ton of streets. Oh my God, I couldn't even imagine. But Okay. Yeah. That's actually very interesting. So, so like now that you've been in it for a while, so you have been in it for a couple of years now and you kind of have felt that okay, I got it figured out. I don't know what I did. Oh, cool. All right. So we, he is, I'm sorry about the technical difficulty. All the way, all the way back folks. He's all the way back. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. That, that's going to, that's going to be pretty funny. That's going to be a funny thing to, uh, to print out anyway. Um, but so n- now that you've, um, and now that you have, uh, this is not a reflection of the overall force in America, folks. This is a, this is an individualistic problem. This is not a, this a Nick and Red thing. Yes, yeah, so this is not a, a reflection on the uh, culmination of all police uh, law enforcement officers in America. So here we go. Um, this is, um, uh, so now that you've been in it for a, a couple of years and everything else, and you've kind of had this experience, and you, you, like you said, you know all the guys, you know the streets, you know the roads, you know the citizens at this point, because a lot of what I think a lot of people don't Yeah, you run into a lot of people on calls. Yeah, just driving around that I know, like you know, growing up, like our friends' parents or teachers and whatnot, or coaches from you know sports. I run into people almost daily about when I'm on when I'm working. So that's cool. 
Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say like it's a little awkward sometimes when I show up to their house. Yeah, like when you get, like catch like a you know a guy that's like I would say I, this is all theoretical. Obviously, I don't know what I never talked to you about a specific case. I don't think ever, but like you run into some like dude that you were in like high school with at like a party, and you're like you're the guy that is like basically let's say like the shit is over by eleven, like all you know get the fuck out of here type of type of thing or whatever. But um, it's uh, that's that's actually pretty funny. I've never never actually talked to you about that. It's interesting. We probably talk offline about that, but um like what is what is that like is it is it mostly positive when you like you know when you're talking to people like to when you're either out or you're at a football game or something else and you know you start talking to people is it is it pretty you know generally positive because I know like people especially young people they kind of see two ways to look at cops either they're like oh like you know there's a cop over there or there it's like oh you know there's this old you know fucking you know whatever that's gonna you know, cramp our style or everything else like that so it's, it's uh both. is it both yeah both um, there's, uh, you know, you got your little kids who think cops are really cool. You got your teenagers that think all they do is bust them. Um, and you have your adults, which depending on, depending on, you know, if they're good, how they are in society, they either love me or Yeah, right. <laughs> Um, luckily, the city that we grew up in, and you know this, but for the listeners, um, we live in a very, very nice suburb city. Yeah. Um, everyone, it's a bigger city. It's an upcoming city, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, like 20 square miles, 30,000 residents. It, we we are very fortunate to live in it. We have a nice area, and there's yeah. not much yeah. stuff people have to worry about. Um, so for the general, like if I'm at schools or a football game working in uniform, it's all positive. Oh, good. That's, that's, that's really awesome. And I, and I know it's, it, it, yeah, right. It's, it's kind of, uh, I think it's easy to kind of cherry pick and say like, you know, oh, we, we don't live in a, thankfully a very, you know, a crime ridden neighborhood or someplace. It's really not the best place to be a cop or a person generally. And so it's, it, it might be a little bit of a skewed sample from that point, but at the same time, it's like, you know, it's good to see that, you know, generally a lot of, and I know and we're going to get to this later in the episode as well, but, you know, it's good to see that generally, you know, most people are kind of, they have good relationships with law enforcement people like you. And I think there, you know, a lot of people, um, and, even, even if they don't say it out loud, I think they definitely see what you guys do, I think. Yeah. And when I'm driving around the neighborhoods, you know, they're always waving at me. Um, people are coming up saying, thank you for my service. Um, if I'm at, a, sometimes if I'm at like, getting coffee or food some occasionally someone will pay it for it for me oh that's awesome that's great um, yeah these other guys that work in they not work in our city but you know they grew up or i'm sorry they worked in other poor rundown crappy very high crime areas mm-hmm. they always say it's nice to finally work in a city where you're driving and people wave at you with all their fingers oh okay <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. Um, yeah, it, it, it is. It is interesting. And I think that this might be kind of a weird question to ask, but like, you know, what, what is it kind of that you see, I would say, is it just because like, it's not the most economically well inclined? Like, like, what do you think leads to people like having that more of a hostile reaction towards, towards cops? Do you think, is it just how they grew have, up? How they grew oh, how up? They grew up. Parents. Oh, okay. Yeah. What well, their relationship was to it, how they modeled it. 
Yeah, because that's it's always you know very interesting to kind of go. I, I cut you off, so go ahead and explain. I, I don't mean to speak. No, I'm just saying you know if you grow up uh, and your parents either aren't really in the picture, or if they're also negative towards police or they're criminals, mm -hmm. that's just the behavior you see, and you're you, you know you get accustomed to, and that's how you end up being when you're older. Yeah. Yeah, it's all about. Um, that's not the only way, and it may not be the, the biggest way, but that's to me um, a very important factor if people are yeah. to be criminals or not. It's all modeling, right? It's like you know, you, you learn. I think it's it's a lot more. It, it's a you know, I hate the you know, I hate cliches, but I mean, you know, the product environment one is is a real thing. You know, a lot yeah. of people. You oh, hundred percent. Yeah, and yeah. Not just um. Obviously, the biggest one is the home. Right, um, but you know the city you grew up in, you know, yeah. who you went to, are also who you hang out with. Who you mm -hmm. hang out with, and also equally as big. You know, yeah, and, and it's it, it's not just everything like that too. It's like you know you you kind of go and you see how people interact at school, and you see kind of you know the people that graduate from school and what they do after that, and everything like that, and who they hang out with, kind of where they hang out, and what they do, and all those kind of things. With that being said, and I think you could probably agree to this. There's a lot of people that I am very surprised, you know, I would have thought in high school they would have been, you know, they would have had some issues or maybe not been, been super successful in life. And they totally changed around. Changed yeah. Around. And I'm happy for that, you know? Of course, yeah. Um, you know, people in my class, people in your class, you know, maybe they screwed around a little bit too much in high school and I thought, oh, here we go. They're going to be, you know, I'm going to be dealing with them when they're older. Mm -hmm. um but no they're doing really good you know they got a job and squared away and successful making a lot of money not only money but you know just have a job um and i'm very happy to see that well, well that point is so important too because it shows that you know nothing is ever good or bad nothing is ever permanent you know you always have to work to get to that state of situation where you... is very um hard to find in our generation it, it is it is and i Strong think it's yeah, yeah, and it's 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 good, that, and I think it, that that's a message that needs to get pushed more because, you know, when people think that they are, that they are just a product of their environment, whether they're built into a very good, you know, well-earning family, like their family is all intact, or whether they're built into a really shitty situation, both of those can change in a heartbeat, and, I, and we know both of those have changed, especially in, in the first situation. I find this actually very interesting because, you know, we grew up in a pretty, you know lower middle upper middle class neighborhood depending on where you lived all that kind of stuff depending on what your family situation was like and so we've seen people go from like the quote-unquote ivory tower and fall really fucking far off that to your point earlier so it's it's good to see that there is mo and i think it's humbling to see that there is mobility in both starting off maybe ahead of some other people or behind some people because they both can change i think yeah both ways yeah, yeah. you could be you know a troublemaker in high school and you know, go to college or not go to college, that's a different topic to me. College, anyway. Um, grow up and be successful, and then there's other kids on the flip side, just like you're saying. You know, super nice, polite, respectful, smart kids in high school, and then they go to college or drop out of college, and then now they're at the very bottom. Yeah, they just um, fall off a cliff, really. At the end of the day. Some of my worst calls I've been on have been 
one of the best neighborhoods in our city. Really? Uh, yeah. So, so like, what do you, what do you think is like behind, like, what do you think is behind some of that? Like, is it, is it just that they think that there's something better than what their family is? They want to kind of, you know, live a certain type of lifestyle or something like that. Or I don't know if you've ever like, you know, kind of thought about that, but it's, it's always very interesting to me to kind of see like somebody who does live in a cushy, comfortable thing. And they want like the, the opposite of that, right? Like they want to go and, you know, either sell drugs or do something else like that. Because I mean, we know a ton of people like that. And it's like, you know, I'm, I look at it from the perspective. And I think you do too. It's like, you know, dude, what, what, what the hell? Like, I mean, you kind of had, you know, you started off better than a lot of other people did in life. You kind of just, you didn't have to be, you know, a doctor or a CEO of a company or something like that, but you could have been at least not that, you know, and it's, it's very, it's very interesting to me how people from very well-off backgrounds can some like just fall so far. I think it's very interesting. Yeah. I, um, I don't really know the answer to that. If anything, I would assume and it's just me guessing it's because these people don't have any discipline at home and, you know, you know, you get, you get, you get whatever you want. Yeah. And then they just start doing literally whatever they want. Which... So it's like an entitlement thing to you. Yeah. 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 I think that's, I mean, it's huge. Well, like I mean, I don't, I don't have a good answer for that. I don't yeah. Know. No, I don't think anyone does, honestly. It's just kind of a, it, it's a mixed, it's not one thing either. It's not just all people being entitled or whatever. It's kind of just a, you know, it's just, it's a mixed bag of a lot of things. And I think that, you know, it's very, um, you know, it's, it's just a hard problem. Like there's no simple solution to your point. And so given all of that and given kind of where you, you're either dealing with bad people from bad crowds or good people who fall into bad crowds, and this is not a, you know, a socioeconomic thing. This is not a race thing. This is not a religion thing. It's whatever. It's just, you know, the people who are in violation of our legal system and you are the people that have to apprehend these people and people who are not in apprehension of the legal system. Um, and there's so, people who are just like what we said, higher upper class, and I yeah. go to rest them, and they think, yeah, yeah, why? and I, why, yeah, why I, are you doing this to me? I'm, I live here. I do this for the community. I give you, I, I make this <laughs> much money. I pay yeah. this much amount of taxes. I know this person. I know this person. Mm -hmm. This is the company I own. And I said, I go, click, click. Yeah, yeah, right. And um, so it, in. What, what I think a lot of people also don't realize about, you know, being in, and this is any type of service, like I work in sales, for example, like any type of job where a, some person is going out to meet someone else and that, you know, it is in any type of job like that, whether that person is a waitress, whether that person is a cop, whether that person is a call center worker, somebody like that. And, you know, it's, it's a brutal job to be in, especially when you are like quite literally putting your life and limb on the line as a police officer in any capacity, whether that's being a firefighter or a first responder of any kind, but in your case, a cop. So it, it's a dirty, dirty business sometimes because I mean, you have to deal with a lot of uncomfortable situations. A lot of people who aren't grateful for what you do a lot of the time, they only see you when you're doing bad and they see you, they see your fuck up. So they don't see your makeups and all that other kind of stuff, which for you and for most people, I think in this industry are not many, but you know, they obviously it's like when, you know, you, no one notices the offensive line in football until they jump exactly. off sides, exactly. right? You know, right. So no one no, notices until up, they, yeah, no one notices until they, yeah, until they until they fuck up, right? So it's um. So what what do you think? What compels you specifically, and what do you think compels others in your same situation to stay in a field like this, where it's it's really not rewarding? I would say a good portion of the time. Yeah. Um. 
like you said, as we as we already said, the area that I live in, we're not the, the majority of the people I interact with like the fact that I'm there. They're respectful most of the time. Um, they appreciate us, um, so that's good. It's rewarding. Yeah. Um, however, those are like the people that I, you know, say hi to you as I'm driving by. The people that I actually get calls on are typically not people that live in the city that I work for. Yeah. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're coming from other areas. Yeah. Coming here and wreaking havoc. Mm-hmm. Um, not anything crazy, just. Yeah. Not havoc, but, you know, stuff that people call us for. Um, mm-hmm. And depending on, you know, their criminal record or X amount of times you've seen them dealt with law enforcement their attitudes they either hate us or or not yeah i found out um the really really bad guys like been in prison for 10 plus you know not even 10 like five plus years mm-hmm. been arrested 50 50 60 times they will treat you better than you know the thug that's been arrested twice really yeah, because they're like, another time, oh, well. It is oh, it's, 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 yeah, yeah, here we go. Throwing me back in again. They know what's going to happen. Um, wow. And they're cool, and they'll, you know, they'll talk to you. Or if you pull them over and they're respectful, you know, okay, have a good day. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but back to your question, I know I kind of went a little off topic there. No, um, no, it's, it's all good stuff. Um, was a question like staying in the profession when everything was yeah bad. it's like what, like what keeps you so and it's not like you're just doing a like job it. just to do a job right it's like you really are you know you're happy and you are you feel very blessed and fortunate i talked to you last weekend i mean you you love yeah it. so i can only speak for me um yeah of course i love my job you know when i'm working i don't really i'm constantly looking for i'm proactive i look for vehicles or, or criminals all the time they want to you know try to do what i can to find mm-hmm. you know, guns drugs people with worn stolen cars that's my yeah. opinion um, <clears throat> so i like the job i get paid good money mm-hmm. um it's a city i grew up in as we already said all that rewarding you know service that that's why i say um i could i could speak you know these older guys that are kind of burnt out have to mm-hmm. work because you know they're they work for x amount of years you can't get hired anywhere else and they have to wait any x amount of years until they retire so it's like a waiting game for them mm-hmm. um so that's another reason why um but right now it's you know every police department's hiring yeah and i think we'll we're going to kind of get to that a kind of dichotomous thing in a second i would say but i would say we're going to hit this on we're going to be fair and we're going to hit it on both sides of the fence i know i'm talking to a cop right now but i think we're talking and more importantly like i said earlier you know you're not just a police officer you're a very good person you're a very honest person you kind of are willing to be objective for lots of different reasons and for lots of things that are very you know i would say otherwise people would avoid them so what do you think if anything, you know, because, you know, obviously with the situation with the police in a lot of areas in American life, especially the last two years, there have been a lot of controversy. We've wanted to, in some cases, defund the police. We've wanted to fund the police. We've wanted to, 
you know, abolish them in some cases. I, I've met a couple of people that are like that. They're kind of you know, a little too out there for my case and probably for your case too. You'd be out of a job if they did. But, um, you know, there, um, there are people who are really, really ultra supportive, really not supportive, everything else. So we're going to kind of go into that and get someone from the inside. And I know, like you said, you kind of are fortunate not to be working in a very, very bad place where I don't think there are a lot of threats against cops or anything like that, where it's like, you know, the, there's an avid, you know, I would say disdain for you guys and what you do. But I would say in the mainstream narrative in, you know, America, May of 2022, so there's obviously been a lot of stuff going on and we want to get a feeling of someone who's on the inside. So if you were to say to people who are more, I would say apprehensive or condescending or whatever the word would be toward or skeptical of the police, what do you think, if anything, those people get wrong about either law enforcement, first responders, cops, those types of, those types of things? Um. So these are obviously the people in inner cities who are saying this. You think it's high, highly concentrated in those areas? People that want to like defund the police. That's what all I've heard. Is, like, is that where? Uh, you, so you're hearing from other cops. This is where most of the stuff. Can you speak? No, up I just watch. Way? What I I don't hardly ever watch the news, but it's always like the big cities they want. You know where they have these issues at. Um, yeah. And I do not work in a big city. Right. I, I do not. I give those guys a lot of credit. They see mm-hmm. stuff every day that I will probably. Now, do, 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 does Cleveland count as a big city for that? Like, do you yeah. count Cleveland in that? What's that? Do you count Cleveland as a big city? Like, so yes. we're from Northeast yeah. Ohio. Yeah, I was going to say, like, so you're talking not just about like New York or LA or San Francisco or someplace no, like that. You're, you're talking about Cleveland, like Columbus, Cincinnati. Yeah, any metropolitan area that's relatively yes. large. Yeah, okay. Um, they, the, the, the people they deal with are. I really got to watch what I say here. Um, they People they don't, don't care what they do, you know, and they're fighting mm-hmm. those guys every day. I'm saying, like, the criminals fighting the cops every day. Yeah. And these officers that work in the big cities, you know, they don't get paid enough. They don't get enough credit. Um, Can you speak up a little bit, Nick, by, by, by the way? I'm sorry about that, but you yeah. kind of made <clears> the sorry. mic a little bit. Um, I'm just saying the people in the cops in big cities work hard. Yeah. It's nonstop. It's call to call to call. Mm-hmm. And I respect them a lot. And uh, yeah, I like they they deserve a lot of recognition and praise. And I feel like they get the complete opposite. You know, they get yeah people talk shit about them all the time. They don't get recognized. Um, so that's one thing. And you know, and the question was these people that talk negatively. Why do they? What should I say to them? Well, it's like, what do they, what do you think they're missing from like the picture? Like what, what are they? They see a video on the, on the news of one guy that's thousands of miles away. That's a police officer maybe and doing, you know, something that's bad or what looks bad. And they judge everyone for it, obviously. Yeah. I think everyone that wears that uniform. Yeah. Does the same thing. Um, obviously that's not true. Um, and you know there's officer you know a lot of us care about people most of us like when i say all i mean like every single police officer i know you know they want to protect the people that they're working for Mm -hmm. so i always think you know if someone comes in your house right now and your family's home you know you know you're gonna call now on one we're gonna be there to save you and protect you and your family Mm -hmm. and um I just, 
but you know these people will call 911 because they need us and then two weeks later they're on the news or they're on facebook mm-hmm. talking the complete opposite of what yeah yeah um but i don't want to talk too much more about that because yeah i don't want to say anything that yeah no i i mean you could speak I don't to play that clearly. sound yeah I don't right. sound yeah, no, I, I, I think that's. I think it's a very. I think it's a very fair response. I think it's like you know, it's the same thing we hear from a lot of. I think. And I know most, that's pretty basic, but yeah. Th- no, I think it, it's not basic. I think because it, it's what we hear from. I think most people think these things, whether they, again, you, you're saying like a lot of people get their news from Twitter, and they say like you know, okay, this you know this police officer you know was in this confrontation with you know let's just say for sake of argument because this is the popular narrative like an unarmed black man in some street, some way, some city far away, and it went bad. And now the cop did a very hasty decision, yeah. bad thing. Maybe he was malicious in the whole thing. Maybe he was at fault. But again, that is now the caricature that they're appropriating on the rest of the police. It would be just like it, an example in the opposite way. Let's just say someone, let's just say like that same like theoretical black man goes and robs a store. And people say that, you know, now all black men have this inhibition to rob store. Clearly, we don't know that's, that that's not true. You can't use an individual characteristic and apply it onto the majority, just like you cannot take a majority characteristic, which probably isn't true anyway, because a lot of it's generalizations and apply it onto an individual person in the first place. It's not right in either direction. And so, however, I do want to kind of take it on the flip side and say, is there any validity to those complaints that people have where they say like, there are problems with the police system. There are kind of, they could use more training. They're kind of too hasty to pull guns on people. What well, like, um, and I, I guess you're not in this environment. So, like, what have you maybe heard from people and your counterparts, like in Cleveland or whatever? Training. Um, you know, we live in, we work in a field where you need to be on top of your game for everything. Um, tra- I like we have training monthly at our department for a variety of reasons. You know, one day we're we go down to this gym and we do hand to hand combat. Yeah. Fighting. Right today, there was a shift that got sent an hour away to go practice driving, driving their police cars. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting sent to school in a couple of weeks to uh, um, learn how to, you know, when we're pursuing cars, how to stop, how to pit them when I tap their bumper um, and do that, you know, stop the car from running away from us. There's training yeah. to become, you know, if you want to excel, you know, you have SWAT school, you have evidence technician school you have you know if you're a detective they send you to a class Mm -hmm. Um, stuff about traffic crashes and perfect example in the academy we get to talk for a week about you know dealing with the traffic crash and then there's three more advanced classes you know there's traffic advanced reconstruction vehicle dynamics learning about pieces of cars um yeah granted um, in those metropolitan areas that we were talking about, if it's a severe incident, they'll call in a specialized unit for mm-hmm. that has all that training and where the average, not average, but the patrol officer doesn't, you know, he just, he doesn't have to do all that if it's a major high skill incident, but, um, yeah. training's a big one, you know, even just, you know, people get complacent, right. You know, go, go into a, you know, a disturbance or pulling a card over you get used to it 
mm-hmm. you know, and who's not to say this next one is going to go south. Yeah. And people die when things go south in our job. Yeah. Or get- is there is there a um is there a sense of fear among a lot of the cops you talk to in Cleveland about that yeah. happening? I wouldn't say that. Okay. Yeah. And I would like the other thing about that too is that you know, like you said earlier, I mean, actually, you know, to be honest, um, uh, go ahead. Um, I've heard from a couple people I know in big areas, not mine. Um, the biggest thing they're scared about is um, administration. Oh, interesting. So, like the if, like the department you're talking about, if there's the, like the city an incident, mm-hmm. a lot of like I said, not. Not me at all. Um, right. Yeah, big, just some city. people you have you have known and heard about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, people are afraid of getting in trouble for small things, or some, if there's an incident, they're afraid that the department's not going to back them up or represent them or have their backs. That's probably the biggest one, to be honest. Yeah, it, it's a lot of, and especially with how like. It's it's so funny because you know we we have so many things like so many things are politicized nowadays whether it's crazy lefties or crazy righties whichever one it it turns out to be like this is a pretty this is one that I always thought would be agnostic like it wouldn't be like a a like in this situation a right leaning talking point to support law enforcement or whatever it is going to be or like a left leaning position to support you know public schooling or whatever the situation might be but. It's like there are some things that should be relatively agnostic. Like the police are there to support the law, period, point blank. They are not there to support an agenda, a politician, everything like that. And so it's so if they're afraid of like it's like being afraid of your manager in a job like mine, like that's not a very healthy relationship to have with anyone in any administrative office. Yeah. Like I said, lucky for me, I love everyone I work with. Yeah. Uh, My level and above, you know, all my supervisors. It's very rare. Um, yeah, I'm I'm fortunate to not have any issues with any of my coworkers. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy where I'm at, and yeah. I know I know if something happens, they have my back just like I have theirs. Yeah, but yeah, it does suck for people that have to tiptoe around everything that they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, it it's just it's it's really just kind of it's like an erosion of kind of what used to be like a very, you know, and again, you know, this is not saying, and you're not saying, and I'm not saying that there aren't people that do fuck things up for people. Like there have been people where, you know, they're, you know, police or whatever, and, you know, they do bad things and there's bad people everywhere. And it's not, but it's not saying that, again, it's not, it's misappropriating the individual circumstance and the larger circumstance, which is not a good thing to do in any, any situation. And I think the other thing that is, I want to talk to you about was the training because you do it, did allude to earlier, um, you know, you get paid by tax dollars. And most of the uh, the police departments, they get paid by, I'm, I'm right in that assertion, correct? Like I'm not totally talking on my ass here, right? I think so. I, I just get a paycheck. Oh, okay. Money okay. comes from. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. It, there's tax okay. levies about, I know the tax levy we have is like for like X amount of vehicles and equipment every yeah. year. Yeah. So I, I think, and that kind of leads me to another point, which is an interest, another, again, it's a very complicated problem, but you know, it seems like from what you told me with all the stuff you guys are doing with, you know, vehicle chasing and all that, all that kind of stuff and, you know, training in how to be a detective or how to be this, or how to be that. Um, in some of those, like, you know, that's, that might be a lot of why a lot of, you know, people have a lot of problems in bigger cities or densely urban packed areas where there's not a lot of public funding. There's not a lot of tax dollars going to that training or anything like that. So it's, um, 
it's it's an interesting issue to kind of look at from that sense because the economics of a town, whether they like it or not, whether people you know shit on capitalism, hate capitalism, love capitalism, whatever, it definitely matters because I mean the money that a town has to spend on things like that, like public goods, like firefighters, police officers in your case, infrastructure, all that kind of stuff, it really, really matters. And I think the people that think that it doesn't matter are kind of fooling themselves a little bit. And I don't again like correct me if I'm talking out of my ass, but I think it's gonna be uh that's a major, major thing that a lot of people don't think about. Yeah. Um, and not just training, but like manpower, you need, you need X amount of guys working and they're struggling to find that, whether it's people don't are applying or getting hired or if the cities can afford them. Yeah. Um, you know, vehicles is a big one. Um, there's X amount of, I can't tell you how many times I've seen on the news chasing this car and it got away not because it's faster but because my car broke down really not yeah like in, in the big areas um, wow that shocks the hell out of me like so the car they're in a chase with somebody like they're driving down to run down a car to apprehend the person and then their car just like just doesn't work that is insane to me that's wild yeah that's crazy um luckily that's not i mean I may be blowing that a little bit out of proportion. No, but no, I, I have you're, heard you're, of I have heard of incidents. Yeah, you, 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 you've seen it happen. I haven't seen it, but I've heard about it in the news. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's that's very fascinating. That's uh, it's it's of all the things that can go wrong. I guess that's one. I, I guess better than you know, getting hurt by somebody or something else or whatever. But I, it's that's that's so bizarre to me. It's so weird. It's so fucked. But so um, in that essence of the training and the public works and everything. A lot of like, again, I'm, I'm a civilian. Civilians have answers for everything, right? We have answered for, you know, COVID and vaccines and police and, you know, military. Everyone's an expert on Ukraine now, all the other stuff. And like, yeah, we, need, I, yeah. we need to bomb, you know, this person or whatever, because this person is whatever. And so, but so I, I, I have solutions and I've talked with people about or quote unquote solutions about police and policing and all that stuff. And, you know, some of the stuff I talked to you about before we did this is like, you know, to your point about them being on calls all the time. Why don't they take longer breaks or longer rotations or rotate to other communities or do PTSD treatment or counseling or you know therapy sessions or something? And I, to be honest, I mean, I'm again, I'm coming from civilian perspective. I don't know how any of this shit works. So from you as an insider, if you could recommend one or a couple of things that people are generally not doing that they could be doing is it in that vein or what would you recommend that they do in terms of either training or help or support for people in law enforcement or, and their communities by, by proxy, I would say. Are you saying like the average citizen? Well, no, like, like what could we do? Like, you know, basically people are saying like, Oh, this is how I'm going to fix the cops basically. And again, no one can fix the cops, but like, you know, give them support. And is it more training? Is it I just be positive. It, you know, when we see people that support us and that, you know, that pushes us to, that motivates us to be happy while we're working and does our best work. So like, if you talk to people like us, we're happy, you know? Wow. That's very, that's a very good answer. I never, I didn't expect that actually. So it's, it's like, you know, the community support is very big. Yeah. That's. And respect wow. if we're dealing with you, it's very big. Yeah. That's very, yeah. Because it's like, it's kind of like what we've been seeing. There was an ad I saw the other day. It's like, don't, like don't buy stuff from companies that blatantly hate your guts, you know, buy stuff from people instead who don't, who, you know, don't, you know, shit all over you or shit on your values or where you're from or what you look like or everything else, like buy stuff from people who do want to do stuff. And so 
in that sense, in weighing both the positives and the negative emotions, which ones do you think, and you personally, and what you see individually, does the positive outweigh the negative from the support you get from the community and for other people who look out for law enforcement? Oh, like you? I can't tell you when it's Thanksgiving and Christmas, we have a kitchen in, at the station. It's covered with cookies that people bring in. Wow. People are bringing deli platters, chocolates. It's, it's incredible. Wow, dude, that's awesome. Way more positive. Way really? More positive. So it's a very, that is, so, that is actually very encouraging to hear. So it's like a very small, loud, you know, backwards majority, like minority of people, excuse me, that are saying all of the bullshit, which again, some of it was brought on because a cop did a bad thing to yeah, a person. Yeah, and like, like we have said a couple of times, I, I don't really experience much of that negativity. Mm-hmm. Um, my work is 99% positive. Wow. Dude, that's awesome. That's really, that's honestly very, very encouraging to hear. That's great. I think, is it the same for like when you talk to your, when you talk to your coworkers or your fellow, you know, cops? Yeah, same. same thing. Um, yeah. Everyone I deal with. The only negativity I get is if I pull a car over uh-huh. and they start yelling at me for something. Are you right? Most of the time you pull somebody over? What's that? Are you right most of the time you pull somebody over? Like, are you one of the, or like, are you like, they're like going, yeah, like they're drunk or whatever. Like, yeah, are I'm you, pulling you over. I, I can't, I need a reason to pull you over. Okay. So, I was going to say like, I, I pull think you it, over. It, yes, I am. Right I, I've always, I've always thought reason. that because the highway patrol was my worst enemy back when I was in, when I was a freshman in college, I got pulled over four times in freshman in college, especially two of the times I deserved it. One of the time I didn't, and now I've hated the highway patrol. And I haven't hated the highway patrol ever since, but I've been very wary of the highway patrol ever since. So I, I know it's a different type of thing, but that's um, that's all I've been curious about. But, that's, but yes, besides someone being upset that I pulled them over for a violation they committed, um, mm-hmm. everything I do is positive. Do you think that support is there in those areas where you know we're seeing a lot of the problems? Like, do you think? Yeah, of- just because, just like you said, just because the people that are negative are loud doesn't mm-hmm. mean there's no positive people that live there mm-hmm. um but you know i don't live i don't work in that area i don't live in that area i can't give you the percentages but i right. can tell you there, there's both positive and negative everywhere mm-hmm. yeah I'm sure most of the areas that we would assume there's negativity mm-hmm. where, where the negativity is loud there's a lot more positive people that are thankful for what we do and support what we do yeah. And, and it's, um, the thing about all this, that's, that's just so mind blowing to me and, and w- about this, about, you know, inflation or Ukraine or whatever you like, like, honestly, like pick a topic. It's mostly people who have absolutely no idea what they're talking about that are making all these opinions. Like, I don't know the first thing on foreign policy. I should not be telling, you know, Anthony Blinken or whoever is hand- handling our, our foreign policy or Joe Biden or whoever it is that is, you know, you need to do this on Ukraine. It's like, well, what the fuck do I know? It's like, that's why I have people like you on and people like other, all the other people I've had on who are in the shit with a certain situation. I know nothing about any of this stuff. Very, very little about most of this stuff. So it's like a lot of people, and most people are like that. They're kind of just like saying like, okay, I, you know, it's like see ball, get ball. I see cop doing bad thing. I go get cop doing a bad thing. It's like, well, a lot of the time it's not that simple right? It's, it's, it's just kind of like, you know, you're kind of just doing something to do something. And that's never 
a, a good thing to do in my opinion, which is very hasty and all this other stuff. But anyways, um, we talked a little bit earlier about, you know, a lot of you're, you're having, I, I believe you said you're, I don't want to, you know, misspoke for you, but you're having trouble or you're seeing trouble with recruiting people into becoming law enforcement officers now. Is that correct? I, we're not having trouble. It's just, I hear the older guys that have been around for 15, 20 years when they applied, say there's two or three openings for a position at a department. They said they would have like three to 400 applicants. And I can tell you, I've seen six, uh, like four to six openings and you would get like anywhere from 40 to 70 applicants. In basically good areas versus bad areas? Both, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's kind of like all, all over the place a little bit. Yeah. Interesting. So, so I mean, we, we have good applicants. It's just the amount total applicants is just not there not that what it used to be from what, so it, from what it, it's, it's going down basically like the talent pool is just diminishing I, it's just i know we would all like to see more applicants than the amount that we're getting mm -hmm. and so for someone out there I, I know you've worked with a lot of these people i know you work with one guy that we that both of us you know better than i do at this point but like you know we know pretty well it's a certain point i know you know emts paramedics firefighters, police officers, whatever you want to call, what would you say, like, if you were to put out, like, if they, if, you know, the chief of police in our local hometown came to you and said, Nick, I want you to make a YouTube video, a pitch, a podcast about why people and young people especially should consider joining law enforcement. What would that pitch look like to you? Um, you know, it's for law enforcement in general or our city? I would say just law enforcement in general. I think it's like, it's kind of, a, like you said, a lot of, you know, I would I say- I think everything yeah. that I've said, why I chose to join this, it's, you know, it's a sense of pride and, you know, getting the dirt off the street. Mm -hmm. um, you know, getting the bad guys where they need to go and, you know, giving back to the community, protecting it. Um, mm -hmm. I can't really, I mean, that's not a good answer, but like, just, no, it's, it's, it's kind of, I think just everything that we've already talked about is what yeah. I would just put into that. Yeah. It's everything you said is, you know, is the pitch, right? It's, it's not, again, it's not a simple answer. It's kind of like a lot of things wrapped into one extended conversation like we're having now. And I think that like that, that is something I never thought about. It's like, you know, just the power of, of people. I, I hate the positivity culture, like the mindless positivity shit you see all the time, like with, you know, girls posting on Instagram like 50 times a day about how happy they are and all that shit. But it's like, you know, true positivity and true, you know, support within a community of people. It's a very powerful thing, whether that's as small as, you know, you and I or your family or something like that, when you feel that people have your back and that are rooting for you in anything, whether it's being a cop or being just a, a good person in general. And then it's, it's always a very, very important thing and a very good thing. So I think it's just to know, know that, again, it's a very small loud majority of people or minority of people excuse me that want to see the bad stuff continue or whatever it might be and it's um you know it's it's just kind of not the uh not the case in a lot of situations which is uh which is a good thing so um la last thing for you and then we'll kind of sign it off but um and i we might have already covered this as well but 
you know, what should people out there who aren't cops or aren't any of this stuff know about you and your coworkers and those who serve day-to-day -day in communities around the country, good areas, bad areas, whatever you want to call it, that they might not know about what the narrative exists. Like what should that message to those group of people be? Um, I would just say, you know, a lot of people just assume, you know, when we show up to a call, we get it done in five minutes and we leave. Um, no, we, we're, we're there for them. We're listening to them. You know, when I get called for a lady that just got assaulted, like I'm there for her. I'm trying to help her. Yeah. Have a better day. Or and if this if this situation is going to be reoccurring, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to help her get out of it. Yeah. I had an incident once where um, a lady went, had a couple questions. That's all she wanted, and it turned into me calling a couple other agencies involved and getting her out of the house and taking her and her child away. Um, oh, wow. So, and I, I, I could have just, not just me, officers, you know, there's, we, we could, if really we wanted to, we could get it done within three minutes. Yeah. But we want to help you, you know, not only be safe, be happy, feel protected. That, We'll give you the resources. We'll take you here. We'll arrest who we need to arrest when it's you no, know, we have probable cause to do so. But we care. And yeah. I could speak for the majority, high majority of law enforcement across the country. Yeah. Um, and when we're driving around at late at night, we're not sleeping in parking lots. I mean, I'm sure that happens sometimes, but like, we're out there look, actively looking for people, going through your cars, going through your houses, going through your yards, stealing, uh, robbing. Um, we're always working for you. So yeah, it's that, and we care. We, we're trying to do our best, and we, at the end of the day, we just want everyone to be safe and protected, and um, we'll do whatever it has to happen for that to happen. Yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's, I mean, it's, and the other thing too, it's like, it's, you know, it's the payoff for that. Like when you're helping that, that woman and her, and her child that, you know, is in a bad situation at her home and you get them out of the house and you kind of, you've set them on a better path and you remove them from the bad situation. You kind of help with that. It's gotta, it, it's gotta feel good in a lot of ways too. Like, it's gotta be very, you know, like, oh, wow. Like, obviously, you know, I'm not. It's a very be, rewarding profession. Yeah. You yeah. Help people. Yeah, of course. Of course. Well, I mean, in my opinion, that's about as uh, stirring of a defense as you can you can get for a lot of people. It's very rewarding. There's a lot of positivity behind it. And I think even though every institution has its problems and you guys included that they're mo like most institutions, the positives far outweigh the negatives. And I hope that more people and I do think the narrative is turning. Like, I think the narrative is turning around where this yeah, stuff isn't it is. happening. It, it, it comes in waves, I feel like. Yeah, right. Portrays. Yeah, right. And I think that now it's, you know, we just got to, you know, be balanced and talk about it, the things the way they are. And I think, you know, your insight on all this stuff is going to really help a lot of people do that. So um, that's kind of all I have from that end. But, you know, I, I want to thank you so much, man. I know this is really, uh, it's not your type of wheelhouse. Our friend Sam Jarek is the same way. And he was kind of saying like, you know, I'm I, uh, put me on a no, mic. I don't know what's going to happen. I have happen. a bone to pick with Sam. You do? I, I listen to his podcast. podcast call out right now. Do it right now. 
I listened to Sam's podcast. Okay. And he pretty much talked about every other kid in Avon but me. So, oh, Sam, here's fuck. my shout-out to you since you didn't give one to me. I thought you were my best friend. I guess we got to figure that oh, out. Oh, no. No, 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 <laughs> no. best no, friend no, you no. are, buddy. Oh, my God. Okay. On, <laughs> oh, that, I love oh, that, that kid, note, On that note, we are going to um, – Okay, so we are we are going to have um, for conversation series number six in June. We are going to have battle royale live uh, in back home in Ohio with Sam Jarek, Nick Renette, cage fighting one another. Oh God! With, with, Sam with, will beat me. Well, maybe you can like in the if you survive after the third round, you could use you, you can have like a nightstick or something. You could bring one of the <laughs> weapons in to use in, in in no no guns, but you can use like a weapon that you have in terms of like a, a combat arm. Uh, so, oh my gosh, that's hilarious. So, uh, Nick, thank you so much for having on, having, or coming on to the podcast. I, you know, hope we can maybe do it again sometime. I really appreciate your time, brother. And, uh, I'll let you kind of say goodbye and then I'll wrap it up. Yeah. Um, thanks for having me. I was, you know, excited, nervous, nervous to come on here, but, um, I think it went well. Yeah. I do want to throw out there. Um, I do want to throw out there. These are all my opinions and thoughts and don't reflect (laughs) any of my department values. Um, but I, uh, I'm very lucky for the job I have. I love it. I love where I work, the people I work with. Um, and good luck with the podcast, man. I, Thank um, you, brother. I just found out about this for the listeners. I just found out about it. And you are one of my really good friends. So that this is this is a bad part of me. This is bad marketing on my end. So hopefully with uh, the stuff I have planned coming up, we can we can kind of fix that. But yeah. anyway, that is... Can we do that. this for three people, me, you, and Sam? Yes, of course. Oh, can. yeah, that's going to happen. It's going to happen, dude. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. We need to make it happen. So anyway, this is uh, Sam, Sam Jarek. If you were listening to the very end of this episode, it's going to happen. So anyway, we need to, we need to settle the score between the it doesn't two have to be anything bad, but on this, on, on this, get, on this, find something to talk about. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is uh that's hilarious. We definitely need to do that. So again, that is Nick Renette guys. I am Sam lacrosse. Thank you guys for tuning in to another conversation series. Very, very enjoyed, much enjoyed having you guys listen on the day. Open your mind. Have a great weekend guys. See you next week. Hopping, stopping, hopping like a rabbit. When I take the Nina Ross, you know I got to have it. I lay back in the cut, retain myself Think about the shit and I think it well How can I mix my grip? And how should I make that nigga straight?